Welcome to the Yang Gang Roundtable. It is 4.15 p.m. Sunday, May 10th, 2020. I am here with Ariel, Faye, Mia, and Zach. We are UBI advocates, and we're going to have an open discussion about UBI, poverty, and electoral politics. Uh, With the intro taken care of, I will let you start the show. So, Ariel, you brought up a a, a really interesting point a second ago. Uh, I think you should just repeat that. And we'll just take it from there. Sure. Uh, the The question is this, is that now that we have a bunch of Democrats for uh, monthly uh, cash payments to the people, and I think it's a sizable number, how can we get more Republicans to uh, take on the idea too? And I was thinking, you know, since there were a lot of former Trump supporters in the Yang gang, let's not come at these Republicans who are against this idea from a position of judging them and calling them evil or greedy or bad or corporate shills. Let's really try and understand their psychology and their perceptions so we can like extend some kind of olive branch or 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 try to highlight the pro business aspects of this thing so so we can better we can better go about accomplishing this goal because it just seems that when you judge and you attack you don't really get the goal accomplished you just get gridlocked so I think part of that is understanding, uh, like where their reservations, uh, initially or like stem from. And so I was talking to one person one time about very similar to this. Am I getting a lot of feedback? Okay. Um, but anyway, so, uh, they were like, well, imagine if you just, uh, a hundred percent were relying on the government and they pulled out like this happened in Canada. There was a select group of people who were receiving UBI benefits and they hired a new president. They call him the Canadian Trump. And instantly they, uh, removed the UBI that was going on. And this person was going to school for college. Um, and so like now they had to like pause college because they were relying on that. But, um, so it's just like you, you, you lose control if you have give up complete control, you know? That's scary. Mm-hmm. Well. Uh, well, here's what I have to say to that. Uh, a lot of people just need a little bit of, like, seed money to get started. And the thing is, is that, like, let's say once you do get the UBI and, like, you, you just put a little bit away for savings and since it takes money to make money it's like even if you just got that ubi for like like six seven months then at least you know you have that stored away so with that still something can be done even though everything is that taken away for for the upcoming months at least that like like you know you you have something there instead of just you know a zero or negative that's my perception of it yeah i i get that point and it's actually something that does concern me too um and um i don't think yang ever really spoke about this but um i think any ubi legislation should have built into it um a mechanism something that says like if this is to ever be repealed for whatever reason um it can't just be like on a dime you know it it has to be phased out over like six months i mean i don't think uh 
once we have it, anybody would ever want to phase it out because I think it would be a very successful program. But just in case, if it needs to be phased out, it's got to be like a six-month period or something so that people are I also had um, with some of these, like, you know, my more um, some, some of these friends who are a little bit conspiracy theory oriented, which I'm not, they're saying like, oh, but then like, what, like if, if we say UBI, what if that the, the government says like, then you need to have vaccines and you need to do this and you need to do that. I said, okay, well then here's one of two things. Like, first of all, like you guys say you don't want the UBI, so you just don't opt in. You, you make money like like you've been making money. And then let's say we are getting a UBI and then the government says like you have to do this, that and the other thing to get the UBI. Then let's say you had four or five months of UBI. Then you just say, you know what? I opt out. I, I don't want it anymore. You know, <laughs> yeah. like, like there's that too. I get that. There's a lot of fear on vaccines and government mandated vaccines. But you know what? The government wants to mandate that everyone get a vaccine i don't think uh, you know they could do that without a ubi <laughs> right know? i know so. right right and so so they're saying they're, no because because i find it so dumb that they that these people are telling me that like oh but then if if we do ubi then the government says i need to do this that and the other thing or else i won't get the ubi and i'm like okay well then um whenever that happens you opt out of it you're the people who say that, like, we shouldn't have the UBI and we should all just, like, you know, pull ourselves out by our bootstraps. Then then you just you just opt out when when that happens. But I doubt that they're going to make that kind of reality that they're like, we're forcing you to do this, that and the other thing to get it. But if, if it comes to that, like a year or two years in then, you know, either either you try to change that legislation or you always have the option of opting out. <laughs> we need to have consent in our government. There is no consent in a lot of the things that we do, yet they're supposed mm-hmm. to be working for us, and that's the issue. And people are right. feeling like their rights are being violated because decisions are being made for them where they didn't right. even have the opportunity. Like, did did you consent to give the trillion-dollar bailout, you know? Like, right. Right, exactly. Yeah, I find it so, so, so ridiculous when they make that argument with UBI, but they don't think about it with other things. It's it's like, well, at least this is the one thing that's like helping us, you know, directly. And you're worried about like the government forcing you to do something so you can get it. What about what about like public schooling? You're kind of like forced to do that. But like, like, you know, it's it's, yeah, it's crazy. So you I know, think. Oh, go ahead. I was just gonna say those, you know, bailouts that uh, large corporations have gotten. Um, those should have strings attached, you know. But when you're mm-hmm. talking about a, a universal basic income, something for everybody, you know that that should more closely resemble a dividend that a public company pays to its its uh, stockholders. You know, you, you don't have as a stockholder, you don't have to do jumping jacks to get that dividend no as long as you mm-hmm. stock you get the dividend just like everybody else um, so, yeah. so can i just um shift a tiny bit um so i think it's very helpful for people to compare um systems that operate uh every day now um to compare it to something as complex as this so 
for UBI, what that would look like, you know, could we compare that to um, like a mechanical system that exists, a body system that exists, ecosystem, I don't know, or like, how could we compare, you know, sometimes you can compare to gardening, but some people need this visualization. Does anyone have suggestions on what to compare it to? I mean, you can, you can compare it to um, childhood when you're, you're just getting the support for free. I mean, like, you don't make, like, five, six-year-olds, you know, pay for their meals. Uh, you don't make them drive to their own schools. You don't make them do any of those things because you know that, like, thing. But, but then once you've given them enough to the tools and the knowledge for them to do it on their own, then, you know, they go forth and they do pay for their own things and they do learn on their own. But, you know, for some people who, who didn't have that support, the UBI acts like the tool, you're, you're just giving the tools, but you're not like, you know, doing anything for people. You're just giving people the tools for them to do something for themselves. I got Instead one. Of, right? Go ahead. I got one. Uh, consider an apple tree or really any fruit bearing tree that people use to harvest its fruits. Um, say you have a, 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 an excellent tree that produces a, that yields a lot of crop and you make a lot of money off that tree. Um, why does that tree do so well? It's because it got water and sunlight and sunlight comes from the sun. Water comes from the heavens as well. You know, it's, it, it, if, you can consider that basically the uh, the freedom dividend or the uh, you know the universal basic income. That's what enabled the tree to perform so well and mm-hmm. bear fruit for everybody else to enjoy. You know, if we're the tree, we there are things that we need. You know, we need water, sunlight. Humans need income. You know, so if you just provide the income. That will allow us to sprout and uh, give back more to society. Right. It, it, it's, it's like a seed. Nothing is going to grow without the seed. So the, the UBI, you're not giving people the, 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 the plant. You're giving them the seeds so they can, you know, the, the, they, can, they can bury it in the soil and water it and give it the sunlight. But if you don't even give people the seeds, if you don't, you, you, you give them like zero and you say like, hey, you know, you know, create a seed out of thin air and that's your problem, then you're just being unreasonable. <laughs> So Pat Simmons has a uh, comparison he makes um, between a society running on UBI and a society running on our current uh, predatory capitalism to uh, Monsters, Inc., Mm -hmm. where uh, it's uh, running on screams in our uh, approach, and then it would be running on laughter if you had the UBI, because it would be something that generates more uh, wealth from people being happy as opposed to torturing people to try and squeeze stuff out of a stone. Right. I love that comparison, by the way. <laughs> so I got to yeah. tell you guys something that's really funny and a little like uh, you were talking about uh, the tree analogy. Uh, and uh, so I started this like handmade book about my uh, puppet marshmallow and it's called uh, Marshmallow and the Freedom Tree. And so I, I called it uh, the Freedom Seeds. And so we as the Yang Gang had to plant all the freedom seeds and then, you know, 
we we are celebrating because we know one day they will grow into all these freedom trees and the fruit will set us free essentially so i was like oh i kind of already written something about this (laughs) yeah and our current system you know just to compare it to that you know our current system is basically just giving everybody apples and oranges and then that's it whereas a universal basic income is more akin to giving people seeds so that they can grow their own trees. Yeah. And to learn how to take care of it. Right. Oh, oh, and, and like the, like, think about it, but, but how, but the money with the strings attached, like our welfare system is like, okay, we're giving you these seeds, but now we're going to like appoint somebody to like monitor you every single day and, and give, and then they give you a schedule and they make sure that like you're watering it and it's getting sunlight and things like that. And then like, let's say your tree is like halfway sprouted, but you didn't, you, you gave it water at like 1 PM instead of 2 PM. Like we're taking the whole thing away from you. <laughs> it's like, it's, you know, we don't trust each other to like use the money in a way that would actually benefit us. That's right. part of the problem. How do yeah. we trust other people? Can you just uh, do? Yeah. think when we're on the roads, we have to trust other people all the time. How do I know if that guy's not going to run a red light? How, how do I know that the guy's not going to run a stop sign? How do I know that that guy's not just going to rear end me for no reason? Like, are, are, like, are the majority of people going to be rational or irrational? We have to, you know, we have, we have to deal with that every day. How do I know that guy like jogging on the street isn't just going to bump into me and hit me really hard? Like, what, what else is there? <laughs> So what you're saying, some people might spend the money irresponsibly. I'll let them. Yeah. yeah so, so uh, what is it? The the even the, the person who whoa. like spends all their money at the bar or at the liquor store, that's supporting local small business. <laughs> I mean, it's irresponsible, but you know, it's not completely a, a bad thing. You know, there is a little bit of of good that comes from that too, because it's it's supporting local businesses. You know, but on average, the average person is going to do the right thing with that money. And that's how you got to look at any large-scale pr- uh, program. Is it a net benefit or a net negative? You know, And the right are... thing is always going to be different for different people, too. It's not right. always going to be black and white what you did. I mean, you might actually just need a night out to go drinking, too. You could actually right. have the need to blow off some steam or meet somebody new in yeah. physical person. And spend your UBI money at a bar and have that not be some irresponsible thing. Right. right. The underlying question then is, it's kind of a philosophical one maybe, what yeah. constitutes irresponsibility? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Right. And I'm, I'm even arguing, even if some people are irresponsible, so what? Because you, you cannot say the whole program is a loss because of one person or two people. Right. Yeah. You know, you've got to look at the whole and is it... Ask, you know, is it a net positive or is it a net negative? Well, well, think of and it it's... this way. Oh, sorry. Like, um, when when we bought our Chevy, um, I bought a Chevy. I get a letter in the mail saying that, like, you know, some people has had this problem with like the steering wheel. So if you would have this problem, like here, here's like the letter, and you can like sue. But like, you know, maybe like. I don't know, like 2% of the cars made at the Chevy factory had that problem. We're going to shut everything down. We're going to, you know. Well, cars in general are a great thing to bring up because, you know, cars every year, a lot of people die in car accidents. 
cars also right. contribute a lot to global warming. But right. as a whole, cars do – they provide a tremendous benefit for humanity. So, you right. know, would anyone in their right mind say we have to get rid of all the cars because people die in car accidents and because of global uh, climate change, whatever you want to call it? Yep. Nobody's making that argument. Right. No, we're just saying let's find ways to do it better, more efficiently, and transition away from things that are causing harm. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, oh, uh, so <laughs> I had a friend of mine actually do this comparison one time, and it was like, okay, medicine – is um, where it's helping you, right? But medicine can easily turn into a drug. What creates that transition? A drug is essentially dependency on it, right? But in a way that isn't um, actually helping you. Uh, You're using it for escapism. You know, if you're not dealing with the actual problem, the the source of the cancer that you have a Band-Aid on, you know? And, and, And so, like... But medicine is good. It heals. It helps you um, overcome stuff, you know. So it's a fine line of, like, intention of why you're using it as well. Yep. And, and, here, and here's the question with everything. You never know until you try. So for all the UBI haters and skeptics out there, we'll say, okay, well, we'll do this temporarily. And we'll just look at the data. And that's it. <laughs> but the data, the data you know? just says they're happier. That's what the data right. says. Yeah. They're happier. But then, but then they're going to say, oh, they're happier. But what about, you know, morality? Morality. No one's going to want to, like, do anything anymore. And, and Well, the and graduation just, rates got, went up. The amount of right. people um, going back to school went up. You know, so we're going to have a right. better society yeah. overall is the response to right. that. Right. Okay, so 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 this means that they're just philosophically that that actually it's funny because then now the conservative kind of leaning people, not all, are putting their feelings and their emotions about the dignity of work and a workism kind of like indoctrination cult over the data, the facts, and the logic, and uh, you know <laughs> we can really hit them on that hard. And not, 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 not in a way that's too nasty, but in a way where we, where we just say, Hey, like what, what's up. And, and I mean, eventually they'll just have to admit we don't like it. And yeah. you know, we're, this is, this is our religion and we don't like people bothering our religion. Well, you know, I don't think Republicans really are too far away from this, you know? And, uh, mm-hmm. I think, um, number one, I mean, if Trump were to come out in support of this, you'd have a lot of Republicans following suit. But even without mm-hmm. Trump, I think their hesitation, it's similar to the hesitation of a lot of Democrats, really, even though mm-hmm. they're slowly starting to get on board with this a little bit faster than most Republicans right now right. as a right. result of this virus, you know. Right. Um, yeah. But I, I think, it, it, you know, UBI is really a bridge issue and mm-hmm. the ways to connect with Republicans is talking about how this is going to improve capitalism. You know, it's going to help right. people create small businesses. It's going right. to, and and we're going to basically replace the existing bureaucratic welfare right. system with UBI but, too. A lot of Republicans will be on board for that. But you know, right? And 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 the, the the thing is too is they say, oh, it creates dependency. No, no, no. You don't understand. People are like dependent on jumping through the bank's hoops to get to get that loan. Like, like all, all of that. And it's very demeaning and demoralizing 
but then just getting that check with no strings attached it's it's actually more freeing so so and 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 you don't have to worry in the back of your head that if like you spent all the bank's money that they loaned to you and you got nothing to show for it now it's like okay you're done like like you 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 don't have any money to like eat and live or like do anything and on top of that whatever money you get is just going to be money that's owed so like what that that that's like game over man i mean like I also like guarantee you property values start to rise almost immediately as people start to take care of their homes in a way that they weren't capable of before. So that increases value of your local community across the board. But I think, too, there's this like uh, people need like a sense of urgency too. you know, like even if we had a like timeline, we're like, okay, we're going to do a one year. You get UBI only one year. Right. That would create a sense urgency and a time frame that people are like okay when i get closer to the end of this i I might be fucked or i could prepare for it right and so you you give them just a little bit of urgency and they're not going to spend that money stupidly really right it's just like if you have someone staying at home having all their needs taken care of and they're just playing video games they won't have urgency to do anything because someone else is taking care of them but if you put them in a situation where they have to get their shit together um, or, you know, uh, not be prepared, but they, they get hope, you know, if they have assistance, you know, we don't like doing anything alone either. Uh, we also don't know how to do everything. We need mentors and we don't have people showing us the ropes either. So, uh, but we, I think with the way that Zoom and the video calls are happening, I think more people are able to find groups that they can find mentors in. I mean, it it really does open up possibilities. Yeah. I, uh, you know, I, on one hand, I agree with the urgency thing. You know, if there is a sense of urgency, then people will be more motivated to uh, invest that money in improving their lives. But at the same time, if there is a end to the program, it kind of defeats what the main purpose was, which is, you know, preparing for the this fourth industrial revolution and the rise of automation and the lack of jobs that's, you know, waiting for us on in in the future, you know, the next predictable or unpredictable crisis. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I kind of think we just, we need a perpetual UBI and, you know, um, while we're in a crisis, though, I do think the payments should be larger, you know, like $2,000 a month and that should be phased out or that should have an end date, you know, once this crisis is over. Um, I saw one proposal that was $2,000 per person and then $2,000 per child, age regardless. Mm. I mean, it is a crisis. But I, but I think the bottom line here is that we want to see, like, where is the conservatives' main talking points in opposition and not no no not just concerned just anyone because because i mean between you guys like i see a d uh near a lot of names that agree with direct cash payments and i th- i see the only r is romney <laughs> you know coincidentally yeah. but but the question is is like okay what are what are their objections and, i the biggest yeah. one i see is the sanctity of work like they really just right. want people to have to sweat blood and tears their way to the top and they don't see how that conflicts with the fact that a lot of people at the top don't sweat blood or tears anything that's that's their that's their indoctrination cult religion 
Yeah, you know, it's that, and I think unfortunately a lot of it has to do with the simple fact that the Democrats are getting on board, and we in, we we're in this hyper tribal environment where the two sides they don't want to get along with each other. You know, they like being able to, you know, uh, frame the other side as the villain. So it doesn't benefit either of them to move away it, from it, that it, either. It, 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 right? It doesn't. It really doesn't. But. I think a little bit of that's going on right now. And, you know, Romney's kind of one of those uh, uh, people who aren't afraid to buck his party a little bit. So it's really no surprise that Romney is really one of the only Republicans supporting it. But, I mean, if we think about it, too, though, like right now, people are having like the dark night of their soul or whatever they call that. Like, really, a lot of people are hitting some lows that thought they were invincible. And, uh, I mean, I had known somebody who was quite the player who uh i i checked in on them and i was like hey how's it going they're like man i'm really looking at my life right now because of this corona thing like they're trying to turn themselves around and like learn to love themselves and like really you know it, it's almost like yeah yeah because, because so many people have been they've been judging so many people who who don't go to work as just like lazy when they don't know that like maybe there's no work in the area or maybe they were screwed by an employer or maybe they have some kind of disability and then they're like oh i'll never be a person who doesn't go to work and it's like oh okay so you can't go to work because of the virus and they're like who am i who am i (sighs) there's definitely a lot of loss of identity uh which is part of the problem we've been married to identities that we've never even stopped to look at but maybe we even entered the workforce when times were different when that was something that was actually functional to some capacity like my grandpa the way like i looked at a timeline of uh when um he was in the workforce compared to um like when i'm in the workforce that there was all these uh, safety nets there was all this balance and they actually did have a balance that worked for everybody and that's when he lived right but then the whole system changed right now you know it's hard to survive out there because what i'm paying is supposed to be like five times higher than what he was paying for stuff right the the dollar amount has lost its value you know <laughs> um so because of all the way the world changed people live in the past and they haven't even evaluated what the current system is to realize it needs changing because they've been got this comfy cushion they've been sitting on this whole time yeah sometimes it's an uncomfy cushion too but just one that stops them from getting the new information to allow them to move on or evolve Mm -hmm. well i mean that's that's the thing and and i mean you heard joe biden at the debates once he was like i'm still holding on to that torch and he's like 76 it's like no that's just called being a narcissistic stubborn jackass i'm sorry but like we gotta call it out at some point it's like i think i think previous generations always let the other the the generations after them and they said you know what we had a good run now um now it's your turn let's you know help you get something they don't it's like most of it's like they don't want to it's like no, no 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 like keep 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 waiting in the wings and just until we die it's like, okay. <laughs> Speaking of passing the torch, I think I have an idea, something that's actionable that could possibly move the needle on this a little bit. You know how everybody's uh, writing to their congressperson about UBI and whatnot right now? 
we should try to get the Yang Gang to all write to Justin Amash, who's the libertarian running for president right now. Because if he was to get on board on this with this, I mean, he's an ex-Republican. Uh, that would, you know, create waves on the right, especially. Um, but, you know, we got two crappy candidates again, you know, sleepy Joe Biden and corrupt Trump. Uh, I think he would have actually a pretty strong chance if he were to come out for something like UBI and maybe get Yang's endorsement. And uh, I think it would really excite a lot of a lot of us. I don't think I know who this person is, if I'm really going to be honest. I was about to say, I don't know enough about the Libertarian Party to really know a lot about him. But uh, having a campaign like that would be definitely an interesting way to reach out. And it might generate a little bit of a like news controversy. Yeah, so I'm going to try to pull up his Twitter. Um, he sent out a few tweets recently that sound like they're just one or two steps away from coming out in support of UBI. He's constantly talking about empowering the peop people and um, uh, taking power away from government. Um, you know, that's general libertarian philosophy. Right. That's also why a lot of libertarians were part of the Yang Gang. Right. You you, you know you know what else is like. I'm sorry, but like really uh, dumb to me. Like some some of these like people are saying that like no like a UBI means like the government has all the power because you're dependent on them. But then it's like, would North Korea ever dream of instituting a UBI? I doubt that. <laughs> like, to, like as somebody, to right. As somebody currently on welfare, I can tell you that I am much more dependent on them with the uh, current state of it than I would be if I were to replace it with a UBI. All right. So yeah. listen, this is a uh, Justin Amash's pinned tweet right now. To maximize happiness and well-being, we must embrace localism and decentralization. Individuals, families, and communities make far better decisions than technocrats and bureaucrats in a distant capital. I like, like that very much. That kind yeah. of sounds like put money in the people's pockets. Uh, right. It's not quite saying that, but it's not that far away. Um, here's another one. We are exposing the duopoly. They want their partisan racket to continue unchallenged. This campaign is about setting people free. Right. You know, I mean, I, I don't think he's that far away from it. <laughs> you just might need a little bit of pushing. A little push. Yeah. He yeah. needs to uh, have attach it to an issue that is actionable and tangible and demonstrates that he yep. means what he says. Yep. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, because that's the thing with platitudes. Well, platitudes are not plans. They're just like words. It's like, okay, you believe all that stuff, but what are you going to implement? How is that going to happen? It's like, oh, like, I just say things, <laughs> you know? <laughs> so so I think the UBI is the thing that does that. That's an actual tangible oh. thing. Because because oh. sometimes when we get too focused on words, we forget about the tangibles. Yo, holy cow. I, so I didn't, I didn't even see this one. Um, <laughs> three days ago, Congress needs to keep emergency relief simple and direct. Get universal money, cash payments to the people. Don't put a good idea into a bad bill with a dozen convoluted ideas that are counterproductive and costly. Get money to the people and let them decide what to do with it. Boom. So he's on Boom. board already. Yeah, I, I didn't right. even know. <laughs> didn't even see that. Well, there you go. Wow. But yeah, so you don't need a public relations campaign for him. 
Yeah, just, I just think part of it is they just didn't know about him because I think people are so red and blue they don't even look into other parties sometimes. Yeah, it's so, so generations, the newer generations might not even recognize there's more than blue and red because that's all they've seen. I'm sorry, but I mean it's possible. So that I mean that's something that we could do, you know, if if we come out and just show our support for this guy, you know, if he commits to running on UBI. You know, even if he doesn't get elected, which he, he probably won't, just showing the support around that idea, how much support Yang got, now how much support Amash is getting, uh, I think it would make both parties really take a hard look at a permanent UBI in the future. Do we think we can get him on the show? <laughs> That'd be awesome. I, I don't know, though. I mean, it's worth a shot, right? He probably needs yeah. help getting his name out there. We could help with that. And, yeah, totally. And- because we have a lot of people in the Yang Gang. We are becoming a force, guys. It's kind of beautiful. Yeah. Yang Gang is my favorite place to be. <laughs> I feel like I found my people, my tribe. And like I felt like I was looking for a family in a lot of ways. And I just was struggling with it. When I met the Yang Gang, it was like this aha moment. Like, ha! Now, okay. I overgeneralized thinking that everybody in the Yang Gang is great. But, you know, you don't know if you like somebody until you meet them, right? And so uh, I, I think I, like, made everyone super holy in my eyes who was Yang Gang. But, I mean, there's always going to be those oddballs that uh, you don't get along with. And you're just not compatible with. And that's fine. Uh, it's but, called being human. And it's okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, but because of, like, this larger group that's coming together and working together and teaching each other the things we need to know because like i gotta say i've grown so much and like my life has launched forward so much simply because of the yang gang like hands down my life started when i met the yang gang (laughs) it's the most encouraging and supportive group that i have ever had the pleasure of being around online and i I love every single Yang Gang member that I'm following or is following me in a weird, like, uh, connective tissue type way. That probably sounded stupid, but okay. <laughs> it's okay. I mean, I mean, the thing is, is that I, I, I remember just not uh, uh, caring uh, about about anything because, it's like, like I, I, I don't know. I was bored. It was like nothing really related to me. Uh, uh, that much, and 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 not even in politics. Like I, I wasn't really a big sports fan. I wasn't really a big fan of like music festivals or anything like that. And uh, I was a big fan of like video games. So like like I'm big like like gamer and stuff. But then like I grew out of it a little. But then got back into it. But then um, Yang Gang was something I could I really sunk my teeth into. You know, in a in a fun way, but like, yeah. So so I got on board, and and ever since I was younger, I always wanted to be like a public speaker who like does things with like marches and like you know inspires people. And I got a taste of that of like community organization and like speech giving and marching with this entire movement. You know. Well, there's also a thing that uh, I think occurs just naturally and more so if you're mindful about it is when you're around other people uh, physically, you pick up mannerisms, you you see the nuances of how they 
navigate the world and you can absorb whatever kind of trait, you know, they're all learnable traits, right? I'm like, Ooh, I really like how they handled that. I'm going to do that now. You know, Ooh, I really like that joke. I'm going to steal that joke. You know, it's small little like nuances like that, that actually just improve the quality of person we are as ourselves. And, um, you know, if we're, uh, being encouraged, the other thing is the Yang gang has a lot more optimists that I've seen anywhere else. <laughs> yes, exactly. Uh, and and like it's all the pessimists that have kind of been killing the souls of these optimists and they finally like they're like, nah, I'm gonna go hang out with my friends. We're more like future minded and not finding you know, it's good to find the cracks that we need to like take mm-hmm. care of. But if all you're doing is looking at the cracks and, right. and instead of planning how to fix the cracks, you yes. know. There's no point in just repeating a problem over and over and over again if you don't ever intend to have a solution. Uh, yeah, that's our two-party system. That's why everybody. That, that's why there's so much misery in this country because because of all the finger pointing and all the anger. And we're like, okay, kids, break it up, break it up. Let's you know, let's call a truce. You know, thing. It's like, no, I don't want to. He's being mean to me. He's being no. He's being mean to me. He should say sorry. No, he should say sorry. And and it's like. How, how, like, God damn it! you're like 78 years old. <laughs> like, all, grow up. <laughs> all the more reason to support a third party, you know? <laughs> Got to end this uh, two-party rule. It's really not good for us. I'd also like to see, like, some direct voting actually happen in the U.S. It's actually possible now. A lot of the reason we have representatives is because it was unwieldy to take the actual opinion of the population at the time. So uh, we could do a few real votes, you know, now and then to see if the people actually do want something and maybe make that happen in a democratic way. Mm-hmm. Kind of like um, like what California does a lot, with like all the prop- propositions you're talking about. Yeah, like a, when yeah. we actually vote on the things that matter to our lives. Like it would be nice if we could all just vote on the weed issue, for example, and supersede yeah, right. Congress on that. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Yeah. I mean, the the reality is we've we've been voting on this. We got quizzes everywhere online, right? You know, uh, <laughs> people contribute their opinions somewhere, but like these are not measurements we find valid, right? Like, oh, the source of the people yeah. in the quiz that they made in order to be authentic to themselves is not what's in alignment with what's being passed in Congress. You know, like it's like, oh, maybe we should actually be looking at how many people are being authentically themselves and where do they feel like they can be authentically themselves and how do we reach them? You know? Yeah. Uh, And and it's like, you see that, like, like there's a chart showing like public support for an idea and the, like, and the idea that gets passed and there's like no correlation between that. And it's like, okay, then like something, something's not right at all. It's like extremely corrupt and and it's all it's 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 just all the good old boys and good old girls club that that's pretty created. much the entire argument that we're an oligarchy and not a democracy i think there's a couple articles that have been written about that uh over the past few years can you define oligarchy so an oligarchy is when the people in charge are just the people with the most money okay <laughs> yeah really simple yeah i mean i'm sure it's technically more complex but you know you can boil it down to that pretty much so, you know what I found interesting is I was trying to talk uh, to somebody about, uh, well, I was t- trying to talk to them about neurology and then, um, but their language was quite simplistic because their uh, schooling wasn't very uh, high up there. 
And uh, what was fascinating was they're like, no, no, keep dumbing it down. Like, I mean, they were being honest, right? And it helped me find the correct language. But I think sometimes we have such big words that kids these days are not actually learning them. I watched a movie from, what, the 90s? And I'm like, wow, these big words are probably not ones that people know the definitions of. And we all pretend we know what they mean, but we don't actually. So it's like even the language can be confusing to generations that weren't taught necessarily these words. Um, I don't know. Just throwing that in there. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's a good point. You know, got to make sure that the language that we use when we're trying to convey a message is one that the audience understands, you know? Um, yeah. Yeah. And if there's ever a question, absolutely feel free to like just be like, hey, uh, what does that mean? Because everybody learns more that way too. That is how we learn mm-hmm. organically. Yeah. Well, I think people are too embarrassed to admit they don't know what a word means. They don't be like, define this, <laughs> define that. They're just too embarrassed. Um, but I mean, then a whole concept might be lost on them though. Yeah. Or misinterpreted, which I think happens more often than not. Because, the- you can ask six different people what socialism means, and they might have different definitions, you know? Oh, so, yeah, yeah so that's so that's a good point. And back to how to, how to uh, bring more Republicans into the movement, I think you've got to be careful with uh, uh, attacking capitalism, you know? And once you say that, I think it's going to push any potential Republican voters away, you know, the way I like to say is UBI is going to improve capitalism a bit, if anything, you know, human centered capitalism. Um, just make sure you're not framing capitalism as some kind of evil thing that needs to be replaced. You know, reformed is one thing, improved something, but well, it's not evil in and of itself. It just needs to be properly balanced. And if you right, can clarify right. that what you're talking about is, you know, that the balance is off right now and you want to reset it, I think that could actually help move a conversation forward pretty well. I've had a few conversations like that. Right. So yeah. if we were to compare politics to stereotypes in society, uh, not not racially, but like um, like if you're watching some like uh, show about high school, they have cliques, right? You know, like, what, could yeah. we compare politics to cliques in any capacity, do you think? Because I, pe- I think um, the language of politics doesn't translate to today's society because they, they watch a lot more TV drama. They watch, uh, like, what kind of media do they put their eyeballs on? That's what we need to translate to, in my opinion. Which, you know, we in general understand a storyline. What we really need is for a Marvel superhero to endorse UBI. <laughs> oh, man, are, are we so on Marvel UBI? forever? I don't know. I feel like Marvel superheroes are just kind of a little... Are they not running out of steam? I don't know. This is really off topic, but it's just... How long are they? Are we going to be on that culturally? Yeah. I, I think Until it burns itself. I'm sh- I mean, I, I, it's just a matter of taste, I'm sure. It's like, yeah. Well, I mean, okay, let's go into this a little bit. Um, you mentioned this, and I've actually... Uh... For the game that I'm building, I did this quiz for, like, what Marvel character you are. And what was Mm -hmm. interesting was, like, uh, it allows us to compare ourselves and have something to, like, like quantify and resonate with. Um, And then, you know, it it gives you a character description, but maybe, like, the things that you could work on as well. It was almost like... um, 
an opportunity to understand yourself better. I mean, you know, it, it's just a quiz, right? But people spend I get a lot. It. Yeah. Um, and I, I think we don't quite, um, but if you figure out what character you are and you're part of this large, like, movie network, like, you know, uh, Marvel is, uh, it's got all these different offshoots and stuff. If we can resonate with one of those people in this whole movie that has all these different storylines going together, because the reality is we all are living our own plot line, right? Yeah. And and, and so imagine one of us is Stan Lee, right? He's just watching the world fall apart all around him. He's the watcher. But like, if you were to be the watcher, aka the person watching all these movies, you know, uh, you could essentially... um, understand uh what role you play and how you fit into a bigger picture if someone actually zoomed out so you could look at the um big picture of what's going on and like what's important you know yeah that's a very valuable mental construct that could actually help us sort of maneuver around or work through some of the like blocks we have towards feeling confident and really using our full capabilities you know like not to sound too weird and hippy dippy about it, but I think I would suggest personally. I mean, maybe not. Maybe maybe this works, and you should keep it the way it is, and it'll be like a a net gain. But personally, for me, what I don't like—the only thing I don't like about your setup—is that it is tied to the superhero genre when it could be divorced from genre entirely. Because uh, personally, I really hate the superhero genre. I actively dislike it because thematically, superheroes tend to essentially be cops who reinforce the status quo, and I'm not like super super excited about that at, at all. Yeah, it's just a template, a template outline that you can like. You can remove everything and just like grab the template and all the details removed, right? And then you could just reuse that with different names in different places and reality, essentially. You Absolutely, know? yes. The template works. The uh, the mental construct works. Divorce of genre. It's a very smart thing. Yes. I like it. But I can explain the concept using something that already exists to teach you, right? Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yes. You have this whole like polymorphic model. <laughs> it helps like uh, build a structural foundation for what you're trying to get across that you could just adapt to other things, kind of like um, different people do for uh, like Dungeons and Dragons games and such, where you're swip- switching between different worlds and things like that. Yeah, um, uh, like for your purposes, maybe you just keep it superheroes because that's probably going to be like a good like cost benefit ratio thing to do as far as reaching audience and like. Uh, you know, putting in the appropriate amount of work in the appropriate places in this very big project. But if you just want to satisfy cranky old me, and I don't <laughs> like superheroes, that's that's bad feedback. Yeah, <laughs> it'll probably be keeping superheroes though. It's like it's a good choice overall statistically for an audience. Or, or maybe we should try to further understand antiheroes. Yeah, I don't know. I think I think that like Joker was a great anti-hero oh, movie but really is an anti-hero i think by definition if you want to understand so, an anti-hero is supposed to be right, someone we, who's not a good guy they're not a good character hmm. they do bad things but they're in a context of worse things worse people in a worse world so right. they become sort of a default that's, uncomfortable that's, one, that, that, uncomfortable that's, hero that's yeah. that's much more relatable these mm-hmm. days i yeah, don't we're, know we're forced to do we're forced to compromise our our, our morality a lot, our ethicality a lot, because we have very mm-hmm. few options as common people mm-hmm. to maneuver in a society that's sort of crumbling around us and you know, crushing. Honestly, us. honestly, right. we need to watch more movies like Maleficent to 
understand what makes people snap and become the quote villain, you know, like what is it that led to this painful point and, you know, to understand people's backstories and especially their childhood, you know, that's where Mm -hmm. it all roots to anyway. Right. Um, so, uh, if we can comprehend that the villains in our own lives are just maleficent, you know, like, and you just approach it in that way, you know, uh, Mm -hmm. she let that consume her, right. The anger consumed her. But for, uh, you know, is there a way to unravel the anger that consumes you? Yeah. In a way that's I, I think, like, the most, you know, hated man, it probably, or hated men, it are, like, Trump and McConnell. Every, like, like, they're always being, like, attacked and, like, said, oh, how could they do this? They're such evil people. And, like, they're taking, you know, money away and they're hurting people. Like yada yada yada, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. How if we just approached it like no 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 like really like who are these people? Like what was their childhood like? Who were their parents? Who are their role models? I mean they, they don't they don't exist in a vacuum that they were just like born with like evil intentions the minute they came out of the womb and just said like we're gonna do our best to like hurt people and destroy society. Like no 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 like what's what's you know you know no no like what shaped them to like be the people that they are right now and like why you know i think in this case it's mostly just low intelligence and high ego but you know right well Well, i mean that's the thing but like i mean they still they they still have like parents and like siblings and like community but that's the end results right yeah yeah the thing you got to keep in mind is a lot of people don't see trump and mcconnell as the bad side you know what no. i mean a lot yeah. of people love trump and uh i mean i guess mcconnell too he has been in in the senate for quite a while now, right right you know? so, but i but i'm just i'm just saying that that if if pe- the, for the people who don't or like it that you know these people it's like okay but like you you know like like attacking them online and i'm guilty of it too like like just just bashing them you know 24 7 isn't going to get us closer to the goals that we're trying to accomplish yeah um you know to that to that note i think mia when you characterized people as being of low intelligence as like just the most common reason for supporting bad policies that's also not a really like empowering or productive framework. That's I not think, really you know? what I was going with it. I was thinking more just Trump himself, mostly from the gaffes and such, and like drinking bleach comments and those sort of things. Very specifically, him. Oh, oh, oh you're talking about the man himself. Man himself. Well, yeah. I don't think he himself actually has low intelligence either. I think he has a. But he's addled from years of. Uh, you know, who knows? Stress, drug use, sleep deprivation, and you know, uh, all kinds of who knows. Uh, he has a sort of you know low low cunning, a very crafty sort of a sense of what will grab your attention, what will manipulate you. Uh, I mean, he's not stupid. He's not. He makes a lot of dumb gaffes, but then he has this this sort of horrible intelligence to play it off and to get it played off correctly. He has this shrewd social intelligence that i don't think should be discounted even yeah. if he's a buffoon in many ways you know like, like he's not completely mm-hmm. incapable I, I would say and one yeah. other thing I, I i'll add to that is you know you got to keep in mind too trump has been at war with the media since before he even took office too you know so 
a lot of the gaffes that he has are, are often small, but the media will blow it out of proportion because they're at war. You know, a lot of these things, like the whole bleach thing, honestly, wasn't all that bad. It was not what the media made it out to be. He you know, takes watched... pot, she takes shots in the dark and he sure. sees what will work. You know, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. Yeah, uh, just the yeah. media, they like to blow things up, whereas if Obama or even Bush or Clinton said something like that, it, it wouldn't have even made the news. Yeah, and to clarify, this is not any kind of an. an uh... You know, an apology or like justification for this behavior. It's a, if anything, it just makes it worse because he does have, I think, a bit more self-awareness than I think a lot of people give him credit for. But it's just my conjecture, though. It's my con- pure conjecture. So I would like to chime in a little bit. So um, the thing too is Trump has uh, been attacked quite a lot, right? Emotionally, people are really cruel. He's being emotionally abused by half of society right now. Uh, if not more. Um, and so, like, uh, let's just use an example of my friend's pit bull puppy that they have. It's one years old, right? And I walk in the door, and this dog comes at me and jumps on me and claws me up because she's just really excited, right? But I have to get more aggressive to get her off of me. I'm not an aggressive person. I don't like to be dominant over anything, especially, like, animals, because I think, you know, they deserve love and affection. And but this dog responds to tones. It, it doesn't necessarily know words, but it recognizes tones. I don't even like using like more aggressive tones. And so I'm being forced to protect myself out of pain, you know, like it's a physical pain. But this like imagine you can translate this to emotional pain. If someone's clawing at you, you're going to have to do something to defend yourself or just take it. Or you become more dominant over the thing and maybe, you know, you have to uh, cage the dog in order to protect yourself, right? And and you don't know what else to do, um, you know, but uh, instead of trying an alternative solution to training this dog or getting professional help, uh, you know, uh, maybe I just don't stay at my friend's house anymore, you know? Uh, and so it just creates this dynamic that isn't necessary, but it's also, you know, avoidant of pain. It is, uh, protecting oneself. If you're being, it, yeah, the dog was only doing it out of love and excitement, right? But it was too much and it wasn't something that could be controlled, uh, in that situation, in that time period that takes, you know, when things aren't being overly excited, it takes training. It takes tools in your tool belts you know how do you send signals to the dog that the dog responds to that's actually effective and so if you translate that to trump and society and how he's being attacked i mean kind of we need to lay off him a little bit really for him to like even feel like oh wow i'm actually appreciated maybe what i'm doing is good you know it's the stroking Mm -hmm. of the ego but um mm-hmm. he's just in a corner where everyone's at him and i'm not saying he's making great decisions but sometimes you make decisions and as a person personally and that you know that's not something that i'm gonna like just uh it's not gonna change for me i don't think but i can see you guys's points in general and uh i don't like reach i'm not trying to on twitter or anything <laughs> like that i try not to like uh share any like anti-Trump stuff because I know people have their own feelings on the subject and I'm not trying to offend anybody or anything like that. I just, I dislike him and when he's yeah. up, it, it, it brings up a gut reaction That's of, like, I do not there, like him at There's all. just some people like Trump and they think he's the best thing 
since sliced bread, and they'll defend him to the death. And then there's some people you bring him up, and he's like, you know, the, the Satan incarnate, and like, you know, who has risen from like hell. And it's like, okay, you know what? Like, let's let's just you know not kind of like talk and you know you know and 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 just you know say say okay like let's dissect this let's calm down let's you're having just... some uh pretty severe technical issues here really. you sound like you're talking through a pillowcase or something huh that's weird okay you're better now oh okay okay so yeah but but chill did you hear what i said did everyone hear it no nope, no one heard please repeat oh okay okay so i said there are some people that when you talk about uh, Trump, they think he's the best thing since sliced bread and they want to defend him to the death. And then there are some people that when you talk about him, they think like he's this Satan incarnate who is like risen from hell and like has to be like destroyed by any means necessary. Yeah. And it's like, you know what? Like, that's not productive. That's it's a big not distraction. Yeah. You know, it, it's a big distraction. Yeah, exactly. It's a big distraction. It's a big and it's distraction. like, no wonder we're not going anywhere. And it's like, people are supposed to know better. Like, but they don't. Yeah, I just don't give it any energy. I just don't give the idea any air to breathe. Like, I don't want, I want the mm-hmm. conversation to die. So I don't talk about it. I'm like, nah, yeah. I'm not going to talk about Donald Trump, especially not in the context that the, you know, tr- legacy media is putting him out. Because I know that it's mm-hmm. just... The it's, conversation they want us to have in lieu of the conversation we need to be having, which right. is the conversation we have here every it, time we have an episode. It, yeah, it's 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 like another one of the 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 thing like squirrel, squirrel, squirrel. Look at look at you, squirrel. Like no, 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 no. Excuse me. Like I w- I want to talk about you know these good ideas that Yang had, and there's there's no need to, and 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 it's no no because because that's a person like that that's what suffocates these good ideas is that that you know you know you know we're we're allowing the polarization to suffocate the conversation we're supposed to be having about the solutions you know we're not going to do that anymore <laughs> so but again it's it's trying to have empathy even for your enemies you know and we're talking about how mm-hmm. do we read with these other people you know uh if you were to compare um this person who doesn't necessarily believe what you believe to be like a family member. Okay. So there's a family dynamic and you know, there there's, there's maybe one person in your family that you agree to disagree, but you still like, you know, can harmonize in the same room. Maybe not. Everyone's got different family situations going on, but you know, it's like you still want to have them in your life, but you don't agree. But collectively you're like, for the greater whole, we need to keep the peace so we can actually, you know, solve the problem at hand uh, to avoid any um, disharmony. Uh, but uh, I think we have an unhealthy dynamic where maybe they are just screaming at each other, right? Instead of um, calming down, and then maybe there's family feuds, and then maybe people are siding with each other, and it's just like, um, Maybe it could have boiled down to a misunderstanding. Maybe everyone just wants, you know, uh, the greater good, but they can't stop their egos from getting in the way of doing something about it. That's what's really good about the solutions-oriented approach from the Yang gang and from Yang himself. You know, that's probably, I think, what draws so many different people with differing opinions together and able to work for one goal in 
with what we have, you know? For sure. It's it's like, just how do we get, you know, the voice of reason some attention? I mean, even though it was that, like, like, I remember there was like the, the Lord, the, that book, Lord of the Flies, and there was this kid, Piggy, with the glasses. And at the end of the book, he like <laughs> ended up dead with like a boulder crushing him. But it's like, he was the one that say, was saying, like, if we all keep acting like animals, you know, things are going to keep getting worse and like we have to work together. But then, you know, these, these two kids like actually killed him. But the good news is the Lord of the Flies book I, re- I read was actually a fiction. It was a lie. And they like there was a group of, you know, kids like marooned on the on an island, but they didn't turn into like barbarians and like killers and stuff. They actually came together to like help each other and to like cooperate. So if we if we if if we take like the every man woman for themselves approach, it's like that's it. We're done. But if we say, okay, like what are my talents? What are your talents? What do we know to be true? How can we help each other? Then, you know, like <laughs> things are going to be better. Well, it's just like finding a healthy um, tier of leadership or, uh, well, not even like to have a working organization, you know, you have people with different job roles and you've identified, you know, in general what uh, that role is, but you can cross train, right? You don't have to be that title. You can have multiple titles technically, but um, you know, if, if, there's a certain person you need to go to for scheduling. I know who to get you instead of like, uh, Hey guys, who, uh, this person wants to be scheduled. Uh, you know, it, it, it gives more direction. It gives more uh, fluidity. And, um, I think we definitely need to figure those particular roles out, but I don't think people take the time to even stop and think about where they fit in or at least tell anybody about it. Yeah. I, I think you, you hit on something there. Um, you know, it's it's really healthy for a person to take the time to say, like, okay, like maybe maybe like I didn't do so well in the past. You know, but but like 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 look like when you're when you're five years old, and like I don't know, some five year olds just like throwing spaghetti everywhere and like hitting it on the thing, and and of course, you know, when when you're eighteen, you're gonna look back on that and say like, oh, well, I was just I was just like a kid, you know, I shouldn't have done that. You're not going to take turn 18 years old and act the way you're acting like you're five and be like, no, no, no. Like, like this is, this is me. And like, people just don't understand. And like, you know, yeah. So, so just take that time to like, look, look at yourself and your thinking process and like what's been happening and maybe the things in your past that have affected you. And, you know, it's really healthy. And um, if we if we had that in our politics, instead of like this stubborn, like, you know, crossing of the arms and like, you're wrong, and I'm right. And I hate you and stuff, you know, I mean, we have to evolve. Well, we have specialists, right? And all the specialists are trying to tell everybody who can do something with their knowledge. They're trying to be like, hey, you need to do this. And the other people like, no, no, the bigger picture is this. They're speaking the same language. They're just looking at it from a different zoomed out scale or zoomed in, you know. Um, They hyper-focus on one detail that's wrong. But reality is they're like, yes, I like your idea. They might not admit it. But they're like, you need to change this because it affects X, Y, Z. And the other person who isn't experienced in actually like this particular field might not recognize the error. 
um, you know, computer programmers will talk about, you know, uh, oh man, what was it? They have all these stipulations that don't actually um, allow you to solve the problem. Um, oof. I can't remember what it was. I wish I had like the example on me, but um, the guy was just having all these stipulations. Like it needs to be a circle and a straight line at the same time or something, you know? And he's like, you can't do that. Like a proof? And it's, it's in, yeah. And then do you have proof? Like, show me why. And, and he's like, it's just impossible. And they're like, I don't understand. Um, and it's just experts are trying to speak and explain and they eventually just give up, you know, and that's also part of the problem. Right. It's, it's very, you gotta speak it, the same language. Yeah. I, I think like the best thing, you know, moving forward is to just uh, to, like invite like, like we got to invite more people who like are, are to have these good faith uh, conversations with just like how, you know, Yang had that conversation with Shapiro. And Shapiro is like, hey, I, I think I actually like this guy. And even though he's like a liberal and stuff. And I think like that is so healthy. It's like, okay, like at least we get to see eye to eye on something instead of just like, you know, like people being owned and, you know, all that stuff. Because then people's like defense mechanisms go up and they go, they go all crazy. And me and Shale were having a conversation about like how... How, how it's like when you attack an idea sometimes, it's like people feel that they're being attacked and their identity that they've married to the idea is being attacked. So it's like you are attacking them as... You're attacking as their like, sense of you know, self, which is... You're attacking yeah. their sense of self. Nobody likes then, that attacked. Yeah, no. and never, Yeah, exactly. It goes back to what Faye was saying about... um. Yeah, ridding yourself of the the anger that like eats away at you, you know, for the mist. It's really misdirected anger at these people who are angry at you. You know, if you figure out that you're just angry at them at a point because they're angry at you, and you remember who you're really angry at, and you sort of keep a uh, clarity of mind through their their barbs, their provocation until they exhaust themselves. Then you can try again to have a productive conversation, ask real questions, and like why they feel the way they do what kind of fear-based decisions bring them to their politics and where can we see eye to eye? How can we be better friends, better, better uh, countrymen to each other? You know, it's just like an animal that might bite you, but it was only doing it out of a fear response. And really it wants to be pet, you know, that's actually like, oh. a very, yeah, that's a very productive mental construct. I think if you have trouble understanding a situation, um, just sort of reframing it and thinking of all the humans involved as animals, as like great apes, very similar to orangutans, gorillas, chimpanzees, or bonobos, you can sometimes get some real insight on the situation, as silly as that sounds, because we really can understand our behavior from an instinctual point of view. And this is very illiberal, you know, uh, very antithetical to the liberal worldview, and probably not really into the conservative worldview either, but particularly illiberal. But anyway, um, you know, because it is it just doesn't work with the liberal worldview, but you can get some real insight, particularly when things have been occluded for political reasons sometimes, because um, it is uh, politically incorrect to think this way. <laughs> we understand animal behavior better than we understand human behavior. But if we translated human behavior to animal behavior using imagery in our heads, um, I think we could better understand each other and have a little more empathy, you know, uh, you can compare uh, maybe 
men to dogs and women to cats or something. You know, not not saying that's across the board. That's just a, a bad example. But anyway, you know, uh, maybe the dog just wants validation and to be pet and loved, you know. Um, and maybe that's what, like, a partnership would be like. You know, maybe the dog's cute and adorable and getting annoying, but we still will pet the dog and love on the dog because, like, you know. But if we make these translations to animals, we can actually understand most things around us. Even ants in the colonies Mm -hmm. that exist and their dynamics. I mean, we have been compared really closely to ant colonies. And if we studied ant colonies and how that translates to human society, I think we could find a lot more balance in a lot of ways. Uh, yeah, I hear what you're saying. Baby, just to be clear, I was not speaking figuratively at all. I was speaking about how we are animals, you know? We're socially obsessed great apes, and, and in, like, our our urge to survive is very uh, attached to how much sci- uh, social credit we have in our great ape society, you know? You understand what, what I'm trying to say. It's like, it's you know? Yeah, yeah. 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 It's, it's interesting, and then... And then, like, then, then, you know, if you really take the time to kind of, like, self-reflect, uh, you, you, you can get to a point where, like, nothing's gonna really hurt you anymore when it comes to words and people getting mad at you, because you'll know that it's like, okay, well, they must have had these life experiences, or these parents, or this thing is it, that, that, that makes them think and behave like this. So even even when you see like like as bad and as terrible an example it is as those two people who killed um uh, Ahmed Ar- Arbery, but you'll still you know you'll you'll say well well like you know like not 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 that they shouldn't go to jail, but like like instead of having that visceral response, it's like something what what could have led to that you know what in these people's lives could have led to them doing something maybe they were like molested as kids maybe so like you know something. can we translate that to republicans since that's what we were talking about in the beginning like how could you yeah. translate that to these republicans that we don't resonate with how do we empathize with them in their childhoods and right. their upbringings like what kind of parents did they have what was taught to mm-hmm. them you know? yeah what's their For history sure. yeah yeah what 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 makes them think like that because maybe I don't know. Maybe they had a cousin. Maybe like their their family was just giving them money and that cousin never had to do anything and then they grew up jealous that they they had to work for their money but that, you know, relative they had never had to like work for theirs and they felt like I don't know, like frustrated and angry and they felt life wasn't fair. So then they translated that into policy. And they think having a UBI that I don't know, everybody's going to turn and like that one relative that they had that had everything handed to them and it wasn't fair for them. So, you know, like, Girl, I like the way you just basically created an entire character out of thin air. I liked that. That was good. Well done. All right. Yeah. Like, like that. That's what I do. I'm, I'm good. I, 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 I always like creating things like being creative and share like telling like making out stories yeah so so i mean so when you look at it that way you know it's like it's like okay like let's let's like start that as a ground it's like okay but but how would you feel if your cousin like did get that money but then he actually did do something too and you also got it 
you also got it and, and, and you were working and you were making more. They're like, you know what? That doesn't sound so bad. Like, oh, okay. Like, that doesn't sound so bad. So, like, let's go from there. You know, like, th- there's ways to do this. And what I what I see out there on TV and all this stuff is just like, it's like, God damn it. You people are like 70, 80 fucking years old. I'm sorry, but it's like, it's like, get a grip. Stop, stop. Wow. like shouting and screaming at each other. And, you know, yeah. But, but back to your cousin uh, reference, you know, um, so I was walking around barefoot one time, right? And I stepped on a bee and ow, that hurt. Um, so then, you know, skip ahead. I'm walking around and I hurt my ankle, right? And they're like, well, if you walk on the grass barefoot, you might actually, it might be lighter on your ankle. It might do you good, right? Good suggestion. I was like, well, there was this one time I stepped on a bee when I was walking barefoot. And they're like, so you're always going to step on a bee? And that's the thing. There's only one bee and we don't see it that way. Yeah, I, I, I think the, the key a lot of times to reaching different people is, you know, number one, just just listen and find out more about them, because there are so many different types of Republicans, just like there's so many different types of Democrats. You know, it's they're both really kind of big tent parties in their own way. And if they're, you know, Republican because they're the business type, well, then talk about how UBI would be good for business. If they're Republican because they're the more religious type. Well, then I think there's a great argument there to make were UBI uh, being the 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 uh, equalizer in that you know we're we're all created equally in God's image, and you know the Declaration of Independence even talks about this in a way. You know the way we can pursue happiness is through you know each of us receiving a small slice of of the pie in a way. Um, you know, I, I just think it all begins with listening and finding out more about that person. Do they have that cousin that was spoiled and maybe that's why they don't like the idea of just giving free money out and then come up with a response to that. But it all just begins with listening to other people, not just shutting them up, shouting at them and down their throats. Well, uh, to me, it's where's the avoidant behavior and why is there avoidant behavior and what was the last time you experienced this situation? So I think a lot of us, we have avoidant behaviors. We don't recognize exist in our lives until, you know, we're resisting something. Why are we resisting? Right. Um, and it, there's a memory attached somewhere in your like psyche. And until you address that and work through the emotional labor uh, can we let it go? And all the chains that formed after that just break away, you know, because you broke the one link that caused the whole problem in the first place. And uh, to your point, Zach, uh, a lot of uh, the normal Americans, you know, aren't as nearly as polarized as like um, what we do see in politics in general. Like that's a, partially a show as well to lead us in a specific direction. They want us to yeah. believe in the show too. So when you get down to actual people who represent the party, you end up with a very much more varied uh, set of views and beliefs that can be dissected differently than what we have presented to us as each other's parties. Yeah, uh, that's very true. I I definitely uh, believe in that. I just think if, you know, in terms of trying to get more people to embrace the concept of universal basic income, 
I think we need to try to appeal to uh, that person's identity. And the only way to do that is first you need to learn about that person. And you can only do that by listening. So like like I said, if they're the religious type, well, then talk in terms of um, – of you know in in terms of religion i guess if you know they're the business type talk in terms of business and so on yeah absolutely goes back to speaking their language yeah uh, but you know if we can compare to movies uh or songs or other uh creations that exist too that um you know have you seen this movie and then you like this situation is that character you know and aha like you could break through so much explaining if you just find a comparison that they recognize and it'll sum up what you're trying to say and i I think it leads to more aha moments than i've seen in a lot of other areas yeah totally we got quiet (laughs) has anybody seen who the next um uh speaker or not speaker um guest is going to be on uh yang speaks sam harris yeah crystal ball Crystal Ball was just on, and I have referenced her before. Um, I love her show Rising on the Hill, and um, she's a really uh, a forward thinker, kind of in the same way we are. We sort of see through a lot of the myths and lies of political correctness mm-hmm. and that the framework forces upon us, and we understand that we must reimagine the framework if we are able to succeed. And that means really rejecting the Republican parrot, the Republican slash Democrat uh, false dichotomy entirely. Paradigm. Yeah, the yeah. whole paradigm, which is a false dichotomy. Yes. Mm-hmm. So uh, she's great. I'm very much looking forward to hearing her episode. Mm-hmm. Listen to it yet? I'm not. Is it? I'm not sure if it's out yet, but I think it's coming out in a couple of days. Her episode. No, it's up on the YouTube channel for Yang. Is it? Well, I'm gonna have to check it out. It was it came on yeah. Thursday last week, I think. Who do we think Yang needs to talk to? <laughs> Someone who vehemently disagrees. Talk to uh, to Jacqueline. <laughs> yeah, that's for sure. Uh, talk to any of us. Talk to mm-hmm. any, I don't know. I think anyone Yang thinks he should talk to is who he should he talk did, to. He did. He did. I mean, talk, uh, he did talk. He he did talk to me, but uh, yeah, he did talk to you. Yeah, but the the thing is, is that I recorded it. Uh, if yeah. if if only he if we we had talking and. More people heard it. I guess. I guess that's that's the thing. It's like we're, we're talking, but hopefully we're not talking in a vacuum. I know he's. A sh- I know he's eschewed the concept of having celebrities on, like for the sake of their clout. But um, I mean, I feel like that it could be a tool to reach a, a broader audience. But you know, this is. I don't know. Uh, I don't I mean, it's, it's not the most. It's a. It's a less noble project than what he's doing. Like a you know mm-hmm. sort of educational real soft sell for his ideas, a real explorative sort of podcast. But I mean, I just wonder if that is, I want, I I don't know. I, I, you see, I hope that's going to be okay. So I think this, this is the tough part of this whole thing. How do we infiltrate the clout machine? And that's what I was telling Yang because this false dichotomy, Republican Democrat paradigm that we're talking about, there is like a whole you know, a cadre of people who who um who leech off of this perception. Who that that this is their bread and butter, and Yang was a threat to that. So that that being the way that it is, like this 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 machine will it let us? You know, get these uh, conversations and idea out to the public at large, 
And I think it's a matter of non-bias. We, we are so biased against anybody who doesn't have clout. Mm. And we have Bias. clout chasers. Yeah, we just yeah. ignore people based on their lack of status. And if they have status, we just, you know, mm-hmm. could pretty much don't question them, don't even check what they right. say, and just go yeah, around building our worldview on it because it's yeah. just, I don't it's easier. That's the A lot problem. of people won't ever speak up in the first place because they know their cloud isn't big enough to make a difference. So they feel like they're wasting their time, their energy, and I think that's a lot of why we have such high political disengagement. Right. I I think yeah, absolutely. The- did, did like like did, did did you guys watch this uh, Noam Chomsky thing where it talked about manufacturing uh, consent? Uh, that's that's a problem please too. Because please, please go into that. Something Moto brings up a lot when we talk oh, politics. Yeah, manufacturing I, I consent. I'd like to Jer- have him talk about it sometime. Jeremy, yeah, can cool. you can you pull that up because because it it's it's like polarizing these people and like creating this dysfunction. Um, it it gets a lot of you know eyeballs. And, How is it? Jeremy is AFK, by the way, so that's probably not going to happen. What? Jeremy's not oh, there. Oh, Je- oh, Jeremy's. Oh, okay. So he just he just has his uh, uh, thing up. Okay. He the, the last yeah, message. Yeah, how, how is this manufactured clout or, or sorry, manufactured consent. created? How is that done? Okay. So so um basically what what the media does uh it 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 like creates like a uh, a boogeyman you know that that we can we can all like it it has all these filters that that like all these people like provide the the news for the mainstream media but they're the same people who are like in bed with power and like if you if you don't you know go with that thing if if you don't go along with their game then they'll they'll create flack they'll turn on the flack machine and they'll they'll attack you and stuff like that and then there there's also like these they, they create boogeymen whether it's like terrorism or foreigners or things like that to uh you know distract you and basically like like the filters it's it's the filters that don't let like opposing ideas or opinions get through and uh yeah it's i I just gotta watch the video again (laughs) but yeah i think we also need to recognize the self-deceptions we carry in ourselves i mean like there's like we were talking about leo gura earlier there's like five to six hours worth of content he's created of just the self-deceptions we have in our own lives. And they're just, uh, you know, things we tell ourselves that we, we Mm -hmm. don't ever analyze. And there's a significant amount. And I think too many people are blinded by these things that are not in alignment with reality. Well, well, yeah. I mean, I mean, what, what else? Because like, um, because, because we don't have a UBI, um, it doesn't give us that time that like for a lot of people they don't okay look like think of it this way you're being chased by like a wild tiger or lion and you're just you're running for it what is what is your mind on is your mind on like oh let me think about you know the grass and shit like that no let me get the fuck away from this you know creature that's trying to eat me so there but then you you the tiger goes away and it's like okay let me like focus on 
uh, some cave paintings. I'm like, okay, like let, let, let me let me see some. We so, build a fence to keep that tiger out. Right, exactly. We we build a, a fence, and so like like, but but self reflection in and of itself like requires time and energy. But when you're in survival mode, you're not going to have that time. And energy. <laughs> Right. I feel like the timeout that our whole country and world is on is enough time for self-reflection, though. I think if we're ever to have an awakening right. moment collectively, this is the time we all kind of got a wake-up call. Right. Yeah. This 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 was the silver lining in this in this cloud, you know. And I'm very I think... happy to be amongst those of us who were already awake. Yeah. And 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 now the disgusting thing is the powers that be like are some of them are so like just far gone so far off the deep end that they don't they don't care that they, they they just say like oh well if the employer opens back up basically you either like work or you don't even get unemployment or you starve and like they're so deep deep into this paradigm that they're even willing to let so many people suffer and get hurt. And eh, like that's a whole thing in and of itself. But, uh, you know, I guess that's why we're here to fight that. It sounds like you're describing the greed is good philosophy from like uh, Gordon Gecko or whatnot. Right, right. And, and I am this... unfamiliar with this. What? What is that? The greed what? Greed is good. Explain more. Oh, it, it was it was from a movie called Wall Street about the about this the mantra. Yeah, yeah, the wolf about of this Wall guy. Street. Not not Wolf of Wall Street. Just the movie was oh. called Wall Street. Oh, yeah, okay. and and his name was Gordon Gecko, and he was this like I don't know venture capitalist who like gobbled like who who did like hostile takeovers of other companies or you know like financial stuff like that and like. Uh, he... it's, it's more, yeah, it's more or less a repackaging of like a might makes right morality uh, tied right. to trickle down economics, basically saying, hey, just don't don't regulate Wall Street at all, American federal government, because listen, Wall Street's gonna make you so much more money if you don't regulate us. So whatever we do is right because it will benefit the country because the country will have more money. That's basically the great is right. good. Uh, but it's like it's like country in the abstract. Like, is the country people, or is the country just like a cabal of like greedy assholes? You know, like, like, like the case they make is like, oh, get more tax money, but you know, don't fucking pay any taxes. So that's kind of a moot point. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So, so that's the thing. But, but yeah, I, I, I just, I just think that that if if all of us have those friends who are like going through an existential crisis because you know they're not working right now Now would be the time to like have these the the perfect segue into these conversations about okay so like what is this whole thing like why has your identity been married to this concept of work instead of something that's more stable something that you will never lose no matter what happens up there because it's in you you know well i think part of it is people don't choose their own path they are told from a young age that they must do a b c d and g and by the time they are older they haven't questioned what they were taught you know uh and they've adopted a mindset that was not one they even questioned it's back to the cult kind of thing or you know? chose right 
it's it's like if 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 a if a farm family has like a child it's like okay like your your you know purpose take care of the farm that's that that is you that is you know your purpose for existing take it or take it that's it <laughs> yeah yeah and it's like the whole family tradition thing you know like uh or you know you're going to inherit the family business but person has no desire to be in that um role and you know we see this pop up in film too but it's just like we are being forced to do stuff that we didn't even want to do or consent to do Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and and the 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 reason why we're we're kind of enlightened over is because we we have this internet but think about in our in our parents when they were our age or younger than us this stuff didn't exist you know, mm-hmm. you like, like your, 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 you know, you go through your localities and maybe they went to like church or synagogue or mosque and that's, that's all they knew. And then like that cements and that ossifies. And then here, here we were born in like the age of technology and the internet. And they're like, oh, oh my God, like what is going on? you know like for them and and it's like and that's why what we're saying we're supposed to have the empathy that that that's that's why when we look at all these old people who are in power right now and we 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 can we can understand that they they also grew up like our parents in an age without the internet in an age where they were probably going to like church or synagogue or what have you and they've been like thoroughly just ossified in like certain philosophies and i mean like it's it's just time to say like okay like we, like we can understand that but like we're coming in and we're we're changing this. But it, it's like imagine uh, imagine would you still have the same belief system if you were born in the Middle East that you have today? Did you choose what you have adopted or was it indoctrinated in you and you didn't stop to question? Well, I think for a lot of us, we were probably actually um, indoctrinated into other belief systems and wandered off away from that for a lot of the Yang Gang. Like, a lot of people, like, found their new belief system when they found humanity first. For sure, for sure. I agree with that statement. But we didn't know what else existed either. Mm-hmm. And, and, to, or not to Shale, to Ariel's point there about, a, you know, the internet being what exposed us to it, really. Mm-hmm. And and the thing is, is that, but, but we're not, we're, I'm not so married into this belief system that like, I can't, you know, like, like it, it doesn't have any of these core tenets where it's like either you're ostracized or you're called like a heretic, you know, and stuff like that. If, if you, you don't agree with like one of the policies, it's like, okay. Like you don't, but but like that, and and that's the kind of flexibility that you need growing up in a time like this. You know, like as Bruce Lee said, like be like water. It like takes the shape of things, but then you're so freaking rigid, and you just crack. Like that's not going to help, and that's what people have to understand. But you know, it's a matter of also. Um, correcting misinterpretations of old stuff as well so what i'm noticing is when i talk to friends they're like okay this video has these false things in it um and there's like a whole extra sentence to this phrase that we always said like the early bird gets a worm but there's more to that it's not the only part of that phrase you know 
And so we're expanding on what we have been introduced to and finding correctness. Also, like people who used to sell food would lie about what was good for them. You know, we used to give whiskey to babies. You know, it, it's it's we're learning. <laughs> Do- doctors would advertise smoking. There you go. So we're, we're just correcting all these previous sales tactics. But it's been um, adopted in our brains because that's just what was wired into ourselves. And we've never stopped to be like, oh, was this accurate? Did I fact check any of this? Or did I just take their word for it because they were trying to sell me something? Right. Reminds you of those commercials. But don't take our word for it. Ask these happy customers who we also brainwashed. (laughs) It's like point if we keep asking ourselves oh why do i do x because of y why do i do y because of z at some point we don't know and we forget we just go well i forget why i do that but all these things that comprise my entire life and my routine and my social my ability to manipulate and, and navigate the social landscape and exist within it are predicated on this thing that i forgot why i do so it's really not worth it for me to uproot this i should just really forget i ever thought about this you know that's kind of where a lot of us are stuck i think but I think making these political Democrats choices Democrats and republicans even yeah, that's yeah. exactly right that's yeah. leads us to to this sort of uh, false dichotomy we're stuck in exactly yeah you see that now shale now you're getting into leo gura territory that's Who, who's that now? <laughs> what what faye was talking about that that guy oh he wasn't here earlier Oh, oh, you! Oh, I you stepped out here. for a second. Yeah. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's he's just the internet, um, you know, self improvement guy. So. Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah, yeah. Like, you know, like, those can really go either way. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's true. They have their ups and downs, but yeah, yeah, but but no, but Leo says the same thing. It's like what, like your what? Why would you predicate your existence on you know certain things? And it's like have have you ever really looked into you know what the truth is and what like in, instead of just being kind of like you know a pre-programmed robot like yeah, like have, right. like your life purpose and like what legacy you want to leave behind or like you know stuff like that. You know these are uncomfortable questions, and I mean, uh, it's a bit of a hot button issue. But a, a religion just adhering to a pre-written doctrine lets us avoid really asking of ourselves and using our own intellect to answer these questions, which is very uncomfortable, can be paralyzing. In fact, we can have a feeling we can't get on with our lives until we answer these questions. And I think for a lot of us, that's why many of us go to and stick to religion. It's the only, it's the only worldview that they can construct. It's the only one that lets them get on with what they feel their lives need to be, the only lives they know they can have, you know? Realistically, yeah. if you layer on top all the different belief systems and religions, you will find the template to live by, and it will serve you in the best of ways. But part of the problems, it, like all these religions, are saying the same thing in different languages, and none of us realize that. And so we've been defending our own religions mm. and uh, like ostracizing other people who don't believe what we believe. I honestly don't believe in any of it, but I believe that there are themes that we've developed across cultures like empathy and caring and loving each other that do get put into religion. I don't think that they're what religions are fundamentally founded on. I think that's more about power structures personally, but like the archetypes that go through these religions of um, moral stories and such can be very informative as to what we all believe. 
Yes, yeah. the archetypes. You can remove all the all the specific <laughs> person and find an answer. Yeah. You, 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 like, like, I, I just think, like, imagine just how much more mature, like, our, our country looks like with, with these kinds of conversations going on in, like, the Senate and in Congress and in the White House. Like, could, could you imagine, like, like, yeah, no, no, like the Greek Congress uh, or Senate back in, uh, like, ancient times? Yeah. They used and, to do and big thinking what, and teaching while in Congress. I think. Mm-hmm. And 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 no, no. But I think I think this is a strong possibility. Like, let's say that you know Heidi wins, David Kim wins. Uh, uh, let's let's say by some miracle, every single UBI caucus candidate like wins, and then we we invite like like this is history in the making. I mean, it's beautiful, you know. <laughs> Like, and then that sets up Yang for like 2024. Then, then we can go into the White House having these conversations and having these conversations on Air Force One. Like, like that would <laughs> that that would be awesome. Like, could you imagine? Well, it's I think Andrew Yang has said himself that achieving the impossible. Oh, wow, good good flub. Achieving the impossible begins with believing the impossible can be achieved. So that's a paradox. But yes, I mean, it's not intended. I, his conveyance isn't intended to be a paradox, not supposed to be looked at literally. But yeah, you have yeah. to look at what is considered to be impossible, realize it is not impossible, and then be able to demonstrate how. And yeah. once you can demonstrate how yeah. to people, then then things adapt. Society I mean, changes I, to accept I, the new reality. One right. would hope it eventually has to. I I mean, I mean, what gave me the most faith is like all of a sudden, like Jimmy Gomez gets like, 50 something and then david kim is like right behind him he just made it and now it's like one-on-one with him and you know jimmy and then like like we we inject you know yang yang philosophies into you know our our whole body politic and and that and that's like the cure for this political virus like these ubi caucus hey we can kill two birds with one stone that's another mental construct. That so, so part of what this group is becoming, though, is we are finding the people before they become famous, in a sense, right? Or at least, like, theoretically. We don't know. We don't know the future. But, like, imagine feeling like we could talk to famous people because there are people, too. And so we've, like, we've eliminated this barrier of, like, clout. Because really, you know, we were as a team working together to get this done. And as a team, we will continue to move this effort forward. But we will be recognized by these bigger name people because um, they actually saw us and we worked together and they saw the passion and the drive. And so, I mean, by helping these other people, uplifting them, you know, in, in the longer term, we're doing good for society. Kind of like a game of chess where we're like yeah. picking different people to play leadership roles and then sending them across the board and hoping that they get crowned into yeah. queens so that, that way they can we're, dominate the entire system. Hey, hey, like, 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 you know, like 30 years from now, like we're the we're the council of elders that like created <laughs> like, you know, <laughs> would that be kind of cool? Well, like, you know, Ariel, it would be kind of cool. But if we want to if we really want to um walk the walk. If we really, really want to uh, live 
the worldview we espouse, we shouldn't be thinking too much about developing our own clout just for our own like egos you know no 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 <laughs> not at all but but like we'll, we'll, we'll be a council of elders that actually doesn't complain about the next generation coming up how about that how about that how, how, how about we're a council of elders that say that like, sounds good may, maybe how about we, we can, transform you know. every american citizen into a council of elders so that, that way we're getting the influence of the entire population and people can have their say and their empowerment that they need to survive. We'll just be their mentors is what I'm hearing. We'll just be mentors. Right. right. We don't yeah. have to do the work in the future, but we can provide a framework that they can step into, build it, and they will come and they will follow it. And then, you know, we, we just won't settle for anything less than, you know, what we are fighting for. Uh, and we have this vision of the future that is hard to grasp right now, but if right. we can cut it, well, it's inevitable. Yeah, Buckminster Fuller says, instead of fighting the existing model, just create a new model that makes the old one obsolete. That's what we're doing, you guys. I uh, actually have to um, go now, guys, but I did want to throw yeah, in... Yeah, we one- are at time, so why don't we just say goodbye? Um, yeah. So um, we'll say a quick goodbye. Uh, uh, Mia, you can start, and then uh, so you can get going, and then... Um, Jeremy will cut the stream whenever. I'm going to tell Craig to leave, and then we're going to have a production meeting and a private chat just because the stream is going to have a you know, 15, 20 minute delay whenever Jeremy gets here to turn it off. So, um, just, just uh, sound good. Good to me. Yeah, that's fine. All right, cool. So, uh, yeah. Um, starting with you, Mia. Please say goodbye. We never did intros, so just give your Twitter, and we'll see you next. Hi, time. I'm at Mia Songbird. I'm going to be signing off here in just a second. I do want to let everybody here know that. Uh, the humanity hangs thing that's going on. Um, supposedly sometime this week, Andrew Yang is going to be doing the humanity hangs. So if you wanted a chance nice. to him, you might uh, want to pop in this week. Uh, those go on Tuesday and Thursday, I think. So uh, thank you for letting us know that. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks. Did you say your Twitter? You did. Yes. Okay. Yeah, um, all right, cool. Uh, let's move. No, let's do Ariel now. Yeah. I'm Ariel. You can find me at, at Ariel's Armada. Uh, Ariel's underscore Armada. Sorry. That's A R I E L S underscore A R M A D A. And uh, I'm also on YouTube as Revolutionary Thing. Thank you. Let's have uh, you now, Faye, please. Hello. Uh, my name is Faye, and my Twitter handle is at Tisdoney, T I S D O N E Y. And I also have one that I'm trying to develop uh, for puppetry. Uh, at uh, Marshmallow the U. I ran out of space, so yeah, those are my handles. Thank you. Thank you, Faye Doni. And Zach. Yes, uh, thank you all for listening. Uh, my name is Zach Sacker. You could find me on Twitter, Z-A-C-H underscore S-A-C-H-E-R, and I also have my own YouTube channel called The Liberal Conservative Report. Oh, thank you, Zach. Um, as always, I am at S-H-A-E-L-R-I-L-E-Y, and as always, thank you for listening. Thank you all for being here. Everyone, stay safe. Be good to each other. This is a difficult time. Humanity needs to stick together. So I hope that we'll be in touch again soon. Bye.